series we've been doing this last few weeks called Legendary, right? Come on, we've been talking about some of the legendary men and women of God, legends of the faith, some of our heroes of the faith. We've actually been looking at this incredible, incredible chapter in the Bible in Hebrews chapter 11. In fact, if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and turn there with me. This chapter in the Bible is known as the Hall of Fame. Everybody say Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame of Faith, it is filled with some of the legends of the Bible. I'm telling you, man, some people like Noah and Abraham and Rahab and Joseph. And the guy that we're going to talk about today is absolutely legend. Wait for it. Derry. He is legendary. You may know this guy. His name is Moses. How many remember the story of Moses, right? Moses was a man of faith, and God used him in incredible ways. In fact, let's see what Hebrew. Hebrews 11 has to say about Moses in verse number 23. Let's read it together. It says, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. Because they saw that he was no ordinary child, they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his return by a reward by faith he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger he persevered because he saw him who is invisible by faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel by faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land but when the Egyptians tried to do so they were drowned. How many would say that's a lot of by faiths, right? Man, when we look at Moses' life, everything over and over, we will see that he was a guy who lived by faith. Perhaps more than anybody that we have ever known in the scripture before, this man over and over and over lived by faith. And I just begin to imagine, what if, what if we were to be able to have a conversation with Moses? What would he say to you and I? If we could just boil it down to just one kind of key thought, one statement that he would say to you and me and how to live our lives and how to live by faith. I think it would come down to this one thing, our key statement, our bottom line for the today. In fact, why don't you say it aloud with me? It's on the screen there today. I believe that Moses would, I think it's going to be on the screen. I believe that Moses would say, everybody say it aloud. Let your faith be greater than your fears. Come on, say it again. Let your faith be greater than your fears. Come on one more time. Let your faith faith be greater than your fears. How many would say that Moses had an opportunity to be afraid a few times? I mean, think about it. All of those by faiths that we see right there in Hebrews chapter 11, every one of those were opportunities to be afraid. I mean, just imagine Moses' life. Imagine just as that little baby boy being placed into that basket and set out into the water. Imagine the fear that must have gripped his heart. Imagine as Pharaoh's daughter pulled him out of that water and they took him into the Pharaoh's house. And imagine as he was raised in the Pharaoh's house as the adopted son of the Pharaoh. And now he becomes, he becomes a teenager. He becomes a young man. 
man. And now God is calling him to say, hey, I'm not Pharaoh's son. I'm not an Egyptian. I'm a Hebrew. Imagine the fear that must have gripped his heart in the middle of that. Imagine as he wandered around in the wilderness. And then all of a sudden out in the middle of the wilderness from nowhere, this burning bush just appears and it's burning, but it doesn't burn up, right? And then suddenly like a voice from heaven starts speaking to Moses. Moses, I want you to go and tell him, let my people go, you know? Can you imagine how scary that must have been for Moses? I got to go back to Pharaoh. I got to go back to the place where I'm wanted for murder. I got to stand before Pharaoh. Imagine how afraid he must have felt as he's standing before Pharaoh. His legs are trembling. His, his lip is quivering and he stands before Pharaoh and says, God said to let my people go. Imagine over and over the opportunities that Moses had to be afraid as he stood in front of the Red Sea and all of the armies of Egypt are coming upon him and the great big sea is in front of him and he stands there saying, God, you got to do something. Over and over you will see in Moses' life that he had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be afraid, but every single time he allowed his faith to be greater than his fear. Come on, I'm preaching. Somebody ought to say amen this morning. You know, here's the deal. I believe Moses would say to every single one of us, there are opportunities in our lives to become afraid. In fact, some of you are here today and you are afraid of some situations and you have some fears and some anxieties in your life. And yet Moses would say, hey, if you're going to walk by faith and live by faith, you've got to let your faith be greater than your fear. Because here's what I know. Here's what I know about me. Here's what I know about you. Fear's a big deal for us. Come on, how many would raise your hand today and say fear's a big deal? Come on, sometimes we're afraid. In fact, it's not, it's not just as adults. It starts out when we're little, actually, doesn't it? You know, I, it reminds me of the little story I've told you before about the little guy, Johnny, who was afraid of the dark, and his mom told Johnny, hey, Johnny, I want you to go into the, into the pantry. I want you to get me a can of soup. I'm cooking dinner. And he said, but, Mom, I can't go into the pantry because it's dark in the pantry, and I'm scared of the dark. Mom says, it's all right because Jesus will be in there with you. So Johnny musters up all the courage that he can get. He goes to the pantry. He opens the door. And then a thought comes to him. And all of a sudden he goes, hey, Jesus, if you're in there, would you hand me that can of soup? (laughs) How many know? Fear's a big deal, right? And it starts out when we're little. But you know what's interesting? It's like the fears that we have in our lives are actually fears that we've learned. It's true. Scientists have actually discovered that there are really only two fears that are natural that we're born with, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Every other fear after that is a learned fear. It's a fear that we have taken on ourselves. And it starts when we're little, but it carries with us even when we're older. Come on, right? I mean, think about some of the fears, all right? Let's just, let's just think about a few of them today. How many of you are afraid of spiders? Come on, raise your hand. Bunch of sissies, I'm saying, bunch of sissies. How, how many of you are right, how many of you are afraid of snakes? Come on, I'm raising my hand on this one. I figure if the devil was a snake, there ain't nothing good about snakes. I just gotta say, I'm like Indiana Jones. Oh, snakes. It had to be snakes. No. Hate snakes. How many of you get scared sometimes during the thunderstorms and the tornadoes and stuff like that that go around sometimes this time of year? I remember when we first moved here. We're from West Texas. Not very many tornadoes out there. We first moved here. Tornadoes every all the time. And one time there's a tornado comes through. My wife, she'd been lived in West Texas all her life. She didn't know. She'd get a little scared. So she's like, we're getting everybody into the closet, you know? She gets everybody in the closet. My daughter, Addie, she's about four years old. And she said, Daddy, don't let the tornado get us, you know? <laughs> How many know fear's a big deal, right? 
And it's not just a big deal when we're little, because when we're little, like, we have these fears of the boogeyman and the dark and all of this kind of stuff. But when we're older, we have different kind of fears. In fact, sometimes we don't call them fears. We call them other words like anxiety, other words like worry, like insecurity, right, inadequacy. And so many times we carry around these fears in our life and sometimes they can, they can paralyze us and keep us from living the kind of life that God has called for and has intended for us to live. And as we look at Moses, opportunity after opportunity, Moses had to be afraid, but he decided to live a life that, that his faith was greater than his fear. And I want to talk about Moses for just a little bit. Look at, look at his life, and I want us to see four fears that Moses must have felt in his journey, in his faith journey, which I believe are probably common to pretty much every one of us here today. You might find yourself in some of these fears today. The first one is simply this. If you're taking notes, it's the fear of loss. Come on, how many of you have ever been afraid you're going to lose something that's important to you, Right? something that you value, something that, something that is of, of great importance in your life. Maybe it's not something, maybe it's someone, right? I mean, some of you are here today and you have a loved one and, and you're, you're afraid, like it's gripping your heart. What, what if something happens to them? Some of you are in, in a marriage and it's struggling and you're carrying around this fear. What if they decide they want to leave me or what if they decide they don't love me anymore? Some of you are here today and maybe you're a, you're a parent and it's your kids. And man, if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about this fear. What if something happens to them? And what if I were to lose them? Sometimes the fear of loss kind of affects our, kind of affects our financial situation. Like what if I lose my job, right? Come on, that's a big worry and fear sometimes. What if the economy gets bad? Sometimes, in fact, it's what keeps us from living in faith and bringing our tithes and being a giver and all that kind of stuff because we're afraid of, of this financial stuff. And it's this, it's this fear of loss, which actually kind of comes down to this, this one big huge fear that so many of us have, and that is the fear of losing control. Come on, that's really where it's at for most of us. All these others kind of come down to this one thing. What if I lose control? What, what, if, what if things happen that are out of my control? In fact, how many, how many control freaks do we have in the house? Come on, raise your hand. Some of you are raising the hand of the person next to you. You're so controlling. <laughs> Right? And, and we're control freaks, aren't we? Like, I'll, I'll just be honest, all right? Those of you that know me, you know this is true. I struggle with this. Like, I want to have, you know, y'all didn't have to, like, say amen so loud on that, but, you know. But I do. Like, people that I work with, my, my family, they know, they know that, man. And I I'm hope, I'm, I'm, I'm a recovering control freak, all right? I'm trying to come out of it, but I, man, I do. I want to control everything. I want everything to be just right and everything to go just the way I want it. And it's this fear of loss, this fear of losing control. And you know what happens is that it makes me miserable. And you know what else? It makes everybody else around me miserable too. And so are your family and so are your friends and the people around you when, you're, when you have this fear of losing control, this fear of loss. And this is the kind of fear that, man, I'm sure that Moses must have struggled with at, at some point. I mean, think about this. Here he was. he was. He was raised as the adopted son of Pharaoh. So he lived in the palace. He had all of the stuff that the palace had to offer. But now God is calling him into God's plan. And so in order to do God's plan, he had to leave the palace. 
You talk about a big loss, right? And you can imagine the fear that Moses must have had. And yet our passage talks about what he did when he was afraid. In in verse number 25, it says that he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as the greater value than the treasures of Egypt. And this is how he did it. Because he was looking ahead to what? To his reward. You see, he knew that, hey, in order to follow God's plan, I was going to have to lose the palace, but I know that the reward is going to be worth it in the end. And some of you are here today, and God is calling you to take some steps out, and the reason you're not taking the steps out is because you're afraid of what you might lose when you take the step of faith. But can I tell you that when you step out into God's plan, it's better than anything that you might have given up or lost to follow him. The fear of loss. How many of you would raise your hand today and say, hey, I've had that fear before. Come on, just be honest. All right? Number two, here's another fear. This is going to deal with most of the men that are in the house. Do I have any men in the house today? Come on, let me get a man grunt. You know, And not just the men, but the women as well, but especially the men. That is the fear of failure. Come on, how many have ever been afraid you're going to fail? How many of you have ever had a time when maybe you felt like God was calling you to do something, but it was scary, and you thought, I'm not sure if I'm good enough. I don't know if I can do it. I I might fail. I might be inadequate. I don't know if I've got what it takes. Maybe some of you are here today. Maybe God's calling you to try some stuff that's new to you. Some stuff that you never tried before. Maybe God's calling some of you to lead a life group or maybe serve in a ministry or maybe some of you to go back to school or to make a career change or to start a business or to reach out to a neighbor that doesn't know the Lord and tell them your testimony or invite them to church and you know that this is something that's, that God is calling you to do and yet there's this fear. What if I do it? What if I try? And what if I'm not good enough? What if I fail? What if it doesn't go very good and how will I feel then. And so many times we get paralyzed. Everybody say paralyzed. We get paralyzed by our fear. Because we're so afraid, we don't move at all. You know, that's, that was something that was an opportunity for Moses. He could have got stuck with his fear. I mean, you remember the story when he's standing there before that burning bush and God begins to talk to him and say, I want you to go back. I want you to stand before Pharaoh. I want you to tell him to let my people go. I want you to lead my people out of slavery. And you remember what happened. Moses began to make excuses. And what were his excuses? He said, but who am I? Remember? I'm not good enough. I don't know if I got what it takes. I don't know if I'm a, if I'm a leader. I don't even speak very well. I stutter. And, and God, how could you use someone like me? And all of those excuses really came down to one thing, fear. And what was that fear? It was a fear of failure. What if I try and then I fail? Man, these are, these are fears that are very real for so many of us. The fear of loss, the fear of failure. Number three, write this one down. The fear of rejection. Come on, how many have ever been afraid you're going to be rejected? It starts when we're maybe like in middle school, you know, but it doesn't stay in middle school. It carries with us sometimes even into adulthood to the point where we start living our life in this way. Man, I'm afraid to do what God called me to do because I'm afraid of what someone else might think. Some of you, maybe you got your eye on that special girl, you know, and you're like, man, she's looking cute and I'm looking good. And maybe I should, maybe I should ask her out, but there's this fear inside of you. What if she says no and I look like a loser, you know, and right? Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? 
this fear, this fear of, you know, maybe, it, maybe it's at work and there's, there's an opportunity for promotion and you want to apply for the promotion, but you're afraid. What if, they, what if they turn me down and I don't get it and how am I going to feel then? Or maybe some of you have gifts and talents that you want to use for God and God has given you those gifts and talents. And maybe you say, man, I want to, you know, I want to audition for the worship team or I want to use my gifts and talents in some way, but what if they, what if they turn me down and what if I'm not good enough? And, and this fear, this fear of rejection so many times grips our heart to the point sometimes we even begin to live our life in this kind of this kind of people pleasing mode all of our life every decision that we make is based upon what will people think about me we're constantly thinking about what do people think about me even to the point where sometimes we don't make decisions that god would want us to make even to the point sometimes i see this with with uh, students i see so many times that they sacrifice the values in order to somehow just kind of fit in with the cool crowd right Maybe it's to the point, some of us, where we, we just can't say no to anyone because we're afraid what they might think of us if we say no. And so we live our life people-pleasing and constantly saying yes all the time. And our schedules are hectic and full and we're doing all this stuff because we're trying to please everybody else. And everybody else is happy with us, but we're not very happy with us. Come on, right? And it all comes from this fear, this fear of being rejected. We live our lives so many times wondering, thinking about what others are thinking about us. We make our decisions based upon what others will think about us rather than what God will think about us. And here's, let me just set you free for a second. How many want to be free today? Let me set you free, all right? You would not think about what others are thinking about you so much if you knew how much they really weren't thinking about you, you know? It's true, because so many times we're worried so much about what are they thinking about me, and they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about what are they thinking about me, right? I mean, and here's the deal, man. we got to get free from this fear and realize that we have already been accepted by God, and so it doesn't matter even if people reject us. Come on. The fear of, the fear of loss, the fear of, the fear of failure, the fear of rejection. Number four, man, this is a big one. In fact, all of them could probably be wrapped up in this one, and that is the fear of the unknown. So many times the thing that holds us back from living by faith is that we have this fear of the unknown. What if I do it and and what if I don't know what's going to happen? I don't know the results. I don't know the outcome. And, man, you look at Moses' life for just a little bit and you will see that, man, he had opportunity after opportunity to follow God and he didn't know what the results were going to be. He didn't know what the outcome was going to be when he stood before Pharaoh. He didn't know what the outcome was going to be when God sent the plagues. He didn't know what the outcome was going to be when he stood at the Red Sea. He didn't know what the outcome was going to be when he was wandering around in the desert or when he when he called water from the rock or when he when God brought manna from the, to the ground and quail from the sky and over and over and over and over and over and over, God provided even when Moses didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And can I just tell you something here today? You're never going to know the outcome. If you're waiting until you know the outcome that's going to be just perfect for you before you take a step out into what God has called you to do, you're going to be waiting forever because you don't know. You don't know what the future holds. I don't know what the future holds, but here's the good news. God knows. He knows, and when he calls you, you take those steps of faith one step at a time, knowing that he's going to be with you. In fact, this is what we're going to see happen with Moses. Some of you are here today, and you're saying, I don't know I don't know how to overcome this fear. Well, let's see what Moses did about how to overcome his fear. I want you to see four things if you're taking notes. The first one is simply this. If you're going to overcome your fear, if you're going to let your faith be greater than your fear, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to, first of all, have to recognize that God is already at work in you. Everybody, everybody just look at your neighbor and tell them, recognize. You recognize. 
God's already at work in you. Some of you are afraid right now about things that are in your future. And you know what you need to do? You need to recognize God's already been working in your past. And he's already working in your present. In fact, this is what we see happen with Moses. Look what it says in verse number 23 of our text. It says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw that he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edicts. Think about this. From the time that Moses was just a little bitty baby boy, God had been working in his life. I mean, think about it. He should have died with all the other little boys that the, that the Pharaoh had said, hey, there's too many of these Hebrews, and they're going to overtake us, so we're going to kill all the little boys that are under the age of two. Moses should have died in that tragedy with them, but God was working in his life. God had a plan for Moses and for his life and for his future that would restore the people of Israel, that would, that would release God's people from slavery, and God was working in him even from a little baby boy. He protected him. He preserved him. He prepared him for the plan that God had for him. And here's what we got to understand. When you're afraid, here's some of you are scared to death about things in your life right now, steps that God is calling you to take. And you have to realize, you have to remember that God has already been working. He's the same God that brought you to this point and worked in your life in so many other ways. That same God is going to be with you as you step out into the faith journey that God has for you. You got to recognize, number two, you got to refuse. Everybody say refuse. You got to be refuse to be defined by anything but God. Here's what happens with Moses. Look at it, verse number eleven or verse number twenty-four of chapter eleven. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Here's what I know about fear. So many times, some of the fears that we have learned in our life come from what others have said about us in our past, right? I mean, some of you right now, some of, the, some of the anxieties and some of the insecurities that you have in your life, they really boil down to something your parents said about you when you were growing up, something your grandparents said about you, something that, something that happened to you, something that a coach or a teacher or someone that you loved said about you, something that happened in your life that became a label. In fact, here's what we do so many times is we allow others to label us. We allow others to tell us who we are. We allow circumstances and things that have happened into our life to tell us who we are. And we think, well, I'm, you know, I can't do anything great because I'm just, you know, I'm just a little old guy from Burleson, Texas. Who am I? I don't have really that much to offer. And we wear these labels like, man, I'm a divorcee or I'm a failed husband or a failed wife or I'm a failed father or I'm a failed business person or I've had had this happen or that happen, and we allow those things to name us and label us, and it causes this fear and this insecurity that drives our life and keeps us from stepping forward in faith into the plan that God has for us. But Moses, see, in Moses' story, the Pharaoh tried to tell Moses who he was, but Moses refused to wear the label that the Pharaoh had placed upon him. And I'm telling you, some of you, it's time that you decide, hey, I'm not going to wear the label that my parents put on me. I'm not going to wear the label that my past put on me. I'm not going to be what somebody else says about me. Instead, I'm going to be what God says about me. And he says, I am loved. He says, I am his child. He says he has a purpose and a plan for my life. I'm refusing to listen to anything else or wear the label of anyone else except for who God has said that I am. Man, how do we walk by faith when we're, when we're afraid? How do we allow our faith to be greater than our fears? We're going to recognize, hey, God's already at work. We're going to refuse to be labeled by anyone except God. Number three, we're going to remember. Everybody say remember. 
we're going to remember that we're called. We're called by God. In fact, this is what Moses had going for him. Moses had had a moment with God. He had had a a holy moment. In fact, you remember in that moment, God told him, take off your shoes because you are standing on holy ground. And in that holy moment, in the presence of God, God called him. And he placed his calling upon him. And from that moment on, it didn't mean that, that Moses was never afraid. Man, I'm telling you, if you follow God, there's going to be times when you're scared, right? But in those moments when he was afraid, can you imagine as he was standing before the Pharaoh? I'm sure he was afraid, but you know what he had in his heart and in his mind? I know that moment when God called me. The only reason I can stand here in front of Pharaoh is because I can remember the time when God called me. Imagine as he's standing in front of the Red Sea, not knowing what's going to happen. Imagine all the fear that's going through his mind, but he had one promise to stand upon. He remembered the time that God had called him and God had said, I'm sending you and I will be with you. And sometimes man, in the midst of following God, it's scary. And the only thing we have to hang on to is the fact that we know that moment we had with God, that God has called us. I'll be honest, man, there have been some times as I've led this church over the last 10 and a half years when I've been scared to death. There have been times, man, I remember when we first moved here and I didn't know what we were doing. There was very little people and very little money. And there were times when I wanted to give up and quit. There were times when I was, man, I was anxious and scared. But you know what? Every single time I could recall, I remember that time 11 years ago when God spoke to my heart. He even gave me a scripture in Psalm 128 and verse 1. Blessings on all who reverence and trust the Lord, on all who obey him. Your reward will be prosperity and happiness. Your wife will be content in her home. And look at those children there. They sit around the dinner table vigorous and healthy as young olive trees. That is God's reward to those that reverence and trust him. And I'll tell you, during the times when I've been afraid, during the times when we've taken steps that are beyond me and bigger than me, every single time when I was afraid to move forward in faith, I remembered, hey, I'm scared, but I know God called me. I wrote it down in my journal. I remember that moment when he put it in my heart, when he called me into what he has called me to do. And that's what kept me going. I'll tell you, even as a church right now, we got some pretty scary times as we are moving forward in what God has called us to do, the vision of this church. But you know what we have to stand upon? We have to stand upon a calling of God that God called us, and he has given us a vision to change lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth, to make a difference in this community and in communities around the world. And we can stand upon that even when we're scared. Some of you are here today, and man, man, you, you need to remember the time that God spoke to your heart. You need to remember that moment in the altar, that moment during a worship time, that moment at a men's retreat or a women's retreat or a kid's camp or a youth camp or on a Sunday night when God spoke to your heart, and you go back to that time, and you recall that God has called you. What do we do when we're facing fears? How do we allow our faith to be greater than our fears? We're going to recognize that God's already at work. We're going to remove all the labels and refuse to be labeled. We're going to remember that we are called to number four. Most importantly, we're just going to rely on God's presence. Here's the deal, guys. Fear is real. But you know what? The presence of God is also real. And it's in those moments... It's in those moments when we're afraid that God's presence can show up and do his work like never before. In fact, that's exactly what happened with Moses as he stood there in front of that burning bush. And he said, who am I? And I'm not good enough and I can't do it and I don't know what to do. And God spoke to him. And notice what God spoke to him. God said, you can do it and here's how you can do it because I will go with you. My presence changes everything. 
And some of you are afraid right now. You know what you really need? You need a moment in the presence of God. In fact, today we're going to give you an opportunity to have that moment that, that maybe, I'm, maybe I'm scared to death about some stuff in my life, but I can have peace in my heart because I know that God's presence is with me. In fact, it reminds me of one of my favorite Bible verses in all of the Bible. It's found in 1 John 4 and verse 18. Look what it says. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love does what? It drives out fear. You know, sometimes I think we have this idea that the opposite of fear is courage. But that's not really actually biblical. Most of us would think, well, you know, if I'm afraid, then what I got to do is just be, be, take courage, you know, whatever. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible actually says the opposite of fear is love. In fact, think about it like this for just a second. I got a little boy. He's 16 months old. He's pretty cute, pretty cute y'all. He is, you know. And, and, you know, sometimes in the middle of the night, though, he'll wake up. A storm will happen or something, and he'll be, he'll be afraid, and he'll wake up. And when I wake up, sometimes I don't. Amber wakes up sometimes. But when I wake up... I don't grab him and go, what's wrong with you, you know? Just take courage, you know? I mean, why are you so afraid? Just, just be of courage. Or, I don't say that, you know? That wouldn't do any good, would it? But you know what I do when he's scared? You know what I do? I pick him up, and I hold him close. And I don't say, take courage, you know what I say? I say, Daddy's here, and Daddy loves you. Daddy's got you. And it's in, the, it's in the presence of the love of his father. It's not in me saying, hey, why are you so afraid? And why don't you just take courage? What's wrong with you? You're 16 months old. Be a man. You know, I don't say that. I hold him in my arms. And I love him. And in that, in that, in that love of, of a father that's not perfect, but even in that imperfect love, his fear begins to dissipate. And how much more from a loving father who is perfect, who gives perfect love, that when we're in that moment where we are afraid, and I'll tell you, it's going to come. You're going to have it. If you don't have it now, you will have it at some moment. But here's the deal. The, the answer is not just take courage, you know. No, no. The answer is get in the presence of God, a loving father. Let him wrap his arms around you and let him tell you, yeah, I know you're afraid, and I know you don't think you can do it, and I know you're not sure if you're good enough, but I'm telling you, I love you. I believe in you. I'm your father. I created you. I have purposes and plans for you. I'm going to be with you even when you're afraid. I'm going to wrap my arms around you, and yes, it's going to be scary sometimes, but I'm going to go before you, and I'm going to be behind you, and I'm going to be beside you, and I'm going to walk with you the whole step of the way. I got your hands. I can carry you through sometimes when you need it. Just be wrapped in my love and my presence and let the love of the Father begin to drive away all the fear.